It's time again for Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies. Welcome to Talking Trade. I'm Sandy Siegel, president of MEJ. And I'm Ken Waslick, the managing director of EM Waslick and Associates. Uh, it's great pleasure that we're having our guest today, Mark Rodehesh from the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection. He is the Bureau Director of the Export and Business Development Bureau. Um, I've known Mark for a number of years, uh, both when he was at the WEDC, now at DACAP, and he had his own private business and before that in the corporate world. Uh, so welcome, uh, Mark. And I have to tell you, you were the one that introduced me to one of my favorite wines, Vina Verda from Portugal. Um, I know uh, it's a great summer uh, light white wine. And uh, so thank you again for that. So let's start off. Um, Mark, um, thanks for joining us. Um, the um, Looking at, you're a great promoter of Wisconsin agriculture exports. Uh, can you just give us an overview of 2022 and how, it, how it's turning out to be for Wisconsin ag uh, industry? Well, uh, thanks, Ken, and thanks, Andy. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on Talking Trade. And you're right, uh, it's, it is a, a strong year, actually, uh, in 2021, uh, we hit a record year, $3.94 billion in agricultural uh, product exports. Um, that was up over 18% from the year before. And we'd had some challenging years, so that was, that was good news to see. And then year to date, uh, June, so our second quarter, uh, we are already up 10% over that record amount. Um, so it's, it's shaping up to be a strong year. The folks we're talking to were up about 14%. The folks we're talking to in industry uh, they're telling us that that should hold to some degree, maybe not to that uh, same percentage rate, but certainly will finish out the year strong, um, is what they're they're thinking and seeing. Um, and if we look at our top countries and our top products, so our top five countries make up about two thirds of the of the total. The top ten make up three quarters, so it is pretty highly concentrated in those. But the top five: Canada's number one, China two. Mexico three, Korea four, and Japan five. Mm. Four and five can tend to jump around. A few of the European company uh, countries um, uh, are in sometimes uh, reach the top uh, five categories, <clears throat> but each one of those is up uh, from the previous year, and and three of the five are up double digits. So Canada up twenty five percent, Korea is up nearly thirty percent, and uh, China's up ten percent. Then Mexico. Um, they're up 1%, so they've been struggling a bit economically, uh, and the strong dollar has hit them um, uh, quite strong in some of the, the, the tariff issues that we had before. And then Japan, they're up about 7%, so still strong, strong dollar, um, I think, is affecting them to a degree. And if we look at the top products um, that we have, when we break those down into three major categories, so dairy, which includes cheese and whey and those milk proteins, those are the major things that we would uh, ship uh, globally. Um, that's up over 37%, nearly 38% actually. Um, uh, so quite strong around the world uh, for cheese, which is good because they've, they've, we've had some challenges in, in the past uh, couple years uh, with uh, those dairy product exports. Um, second strongest is uh, crops. They're actually the largest category, but it's also the largest number of items that fit into that. So crops would include lumber and timber as well as the grains and the 
um, you know, corn, soybean, and and uh, uh, milled grain products, but also the prepared food, sweet corn. We're a major exporter, for example, of canned sweet corn. So all of those fit into that uh, that that category and beverages as well. Ethanol would be part of that. Uh, that's about a 1.47, almost 1.5 billion dollars. They're up about 14 percent. Uh, the dairy, by the way, was about nearly 300 million, 295. And then the third uh, category, meat products, that's a little over 400 million, 421, and they're up a couple percent. So meat's been struggling a little bit. Meat, uh, by the way, includes not only sausages and brats and, and meat cuts, but also uh, bovine genetics and uh, hides and furs. Um, and all of those categories um, are looking um, good. Um, as I said, they're not quite as strong as the others, but we'll see how the year uh, plays out for us. Sure. Well, it's always great when you come in, Mark, with great numbers. It's, it's one of our feel-good shows for Wisconsin and, you know, a lot of the great successes for exporters. And honestly, I'm a teeny bit surprised with how strong the dollar is, and you touched on that a little bit. Um, you know, certainly a strong dollar is great in many levels and for importers, but often makes our export commodities a little less competitive. So it, are there areas where you're, you know, seeing a big impact because of the strong dollar? Um, tell, you know, tell us about that a little bit. Absolutely. And, and there was a New York Times piece uh, that came across um, and they were comparing uh, December of, of 2021 to July of this year. And so already then, this is before a lot of the Fed activities that, that helped to push the dollar up. Um, as we uh, raise interest rates, typically that, that raises the dollar in general. Um, but we're already seeing drops in all of those. So those major countries I mentioned, they were all uh, dropping between two and five and even more percent. And certainly Mexico and, and Japan, would, as I mentioned, were two, were two of those. And those are headwinds going forward because, you know, we, we see in the news, um, you know, about the, the euro dollar exchange, we're almost at parity with euro and they dip below a bit. Um, so that it, as the products become more expensive that way, because it just costs them more in their, in their local currency to do that. There's a lag in that. Um, some of those orders are placed two, three, even more months out. And so uh, I think that as time goes on, we'll probably see more of that. And, and some of that also is, is based on um, how quickly that's happened to someone. So is it something that's, that's a, like a shock to their system and then how long it lingers, because then, then it could... Um, could push down uh, exports more if it, it stays uh, quite a bit longer. Um, so that is a concern, one of the headwinds. But you know, you're looking at the at the numbers. Record year last year. Um, we're we're up this year. If you think about all the challenges we've had over the last two years, a few years actually, the the supply chain challenges, the 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 container shortages, the the cost of of uh, shipping, the uh, disruption in, in by COVID in these markets, uh, some of the tariff, uh, so you know, the long list of things that, that we're looking at, you would think that we'd be down uh, at this point. Right. But I think post-COVID demand has been so strong, and this is what our the companies that we work with are telling us, that, that that's actually been driving a lot of that that need to be able to um, push those those dollar sales up. And of course, you know, inflation will pay a little part of that. We don't really have the data on the on the unit volume shipments. Uh, to know is it a lot more units and dollars or just dollars, but you know the inflation hasn't been that strong up to this point to say that it was all just inflation. Um, but looking forward, those are uh, concerns about 
uh, where we think things might be heading for next year. The WTO put out a report that globally they're looking for trade not to be down, but only up a smaller amount. So that, right. that increase seems to be slowing. Um, and we'll see once we get some of that forecasting that the USDA does, for example, for ag products, uh, how, <clears throat> excuse me, how that might look for um, 2023. So that's great. Well, something we'll wanna keep a close eye on as it, you know, I'm sure you are and, and have you back um, as some of this unfolds. Terrific. Um, Ken, you're gonna wrap it up with- Yeah, uh, I'll, let me wrap it up with uh, another uh, real uh, bright spot here. Um, you know, dairy is, we're the dairy state and we host the World Dairy Expo here in Madison at the Lion Energy Center. Um, it's always a global attraction uh, for anyone in the dairy industry. Um, how, how was this year's uh, expo? Great, in a word. Um, there were a lot of uh, folks at the show, you know, 2020, we had, you know, the, the COVID it was shut down. Uh, last year, people weren't quite sure. A lot of countries couldn't travel, so the numbers weren't quite as strong. Not as many international folks, especially, uh, coming. But this year, um, if you were at the show, you would you you saw a lot of activity, a lot of interest. Um, the folks at the World Dairy Expo uh, reported that this is the second highest number of animals um, um, uh, at the show, and and the the daily average was quite strong for the number of of uh, attendees uh, coming into the show. Um, so, uh, and we were quite positive. We had a um, global dairy symposium. So the Wisconsin Initiative for Agricultural Exports, that funding um, that for program that, that has come from, from the legislature, we're in now the second fiscal year of that. We just started up in February, but already through the second fiscal year with it, um, that we uh, hosted that seminar, had um, two speakers from Europe, two from, uh, from the US, um, and that room um, was uh, at capacity, standing room only. Uh, so people were interested. Um, first of all, you have to have people there just to show up in the first place. But secondly, they're interested to know. And that talk was around uh, where they, uh, where those experts uh, in the industry see um, the dairy um, world going. Now, the World Dairy Expo is mostly feed and genetics and, and a lot of equipment. So around the production of dairy products. But of course, those are the customers for all of those people who were who were selling those things. So there was uh, quite strong interest in that. And if I if I can add, um, that Wisconsin Initiative for Ag Exports provides, um, you know, as we talk about concerns and headwinds and and um, looking at the year going forward, then you need to double down in your efforts to do promotion. You need to double down in your efforts to go see your customers. Um, and so there's some support to do that. And there are two ways. One is the International Market Access Grant. That's with the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, uh, Wisconsin uh, Initiative for Ag Export Funds uh, feed into that and help companies um, to meet their customers overseas through a broad range of, of activities uh, and means. And then we also have the Export Expansion Grant, second round of that. And that's for nonprofit organizations to be able to work with com uh, companies to grow their exports within particular sectors, dairy, meat, and crop. Um, the application deadline for that actually is um, 16th of November, so it, it's coming up, but that provides between 50 and $100,000 for companies, or these organizations rather, to help ag export companies. So something that if people are interested, they should absolutely um, um, get a hold of us um, to, to talk about that. Thank you for sharing that. I know so many of these grants are, are not well known and not taken advantage of. And there's a lot of terrific programs out there. 
Um, so thanks for joining us today, Mark. That was a lot of great news. And obviously, you know, all we're all cautious and as we, you know, see what the fourth quarter brings and, and some of the challenges for all of us. Um, but we'll have you back and, and hopefully you'll continue to give us some positive news. This has been Talking Trade. Um, thank you again for joining us, Mark. Very good. Appreciate the opportunity. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Mark. You've been listening to Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies.